Hey, what's going on, everybody? Wow. Wow. What a week it has been. And I'm sorry for not being around, but uh, shit, man. It's just been too good. I got to go. I got to give you something for this week because you, because we have all been witnessing one of the biggest meltdowns in the history of politics, a complete full scale cata catastrophic just implosion, the likes of which we have never seen before. And I got to talk about it. I'm just, this is just too good. Now, it didn't start with this weekend when uh, Hillary collapsed during a 9-11 memorial. It started a couple weeks ago, actually. She made a strange decision. It didn't, it wasn't much of a blip at the time, but now it's coming back to bite her in the ass real hard. She made a speech about the alt-right. Why, I have no idea. Because nobody really knows who the alt-right is, and if you are able to find somebody who identifies with themselves, who identifies as being a part of the alt-right, they're going to look at the people that Hillary is talking about in this alt-right speech and say they have nothing to do with us. It's really not, it's not like, you know, a Nazi, you know, they're, they're all the same. You can identify them, a communist, you know, the, like the alt-right is A, nobody knows who they are, and B, they don't even agree on who they are. Yet she felt compe compelled to make a speech about the alt-right because I don't know. I'm going to go back and forth with this speech that she made. Let's start with her comments, which started a pattern of just talking and saying very nasty things about large portions of our population and the population of the United Kingdom. Let's hear what she had to say. And this is part of a broader story. The rising tide of hardline right-wing nationalism around the world. Just yesterday, one of Britain's most prominent right-wing leaders, a man named Nigel Farage, who stoked anti-immigrant sentiments to win the referendum, to have Britain leave the European Union, campaigned with Donald Trump in Mississippi. Farage has called for a bar on the children of legal immigrants from public schools and health services, has said women are, and I quote, worth less than men, and supports scrapping laws that prevent employers from discriminating based on race. That's who Donald Trump wants by his side when he is addressing an audience of American voters. Now, she can get away with attacking Trump or Nigel Farage or even the British people because they don't vote here. So nobody really noticed that. But it is worth, at least for you guys, it's worth noting that the referendum on Brexit had a 72% turnout in the United Kingdom. We don't get anywhere near that in presidential elections. We're, you know, if we hit 60, that's, a, that's really high. 72%. And, you know, they were expected to lose, Farage and, uh, and the Leave campaign, they were expected to lose day of, Day of voting, they were down 10 points in the polls. In the end, they won by four points. The polls were off by 14%. It's probably not a good idea 
to remind people about this guy who, after doing 20 years of work to get the UK out of the EU, overcame immense odds up until the day of the referendum when he made, when, well, not him, when there was a 14-point swing. Not a great thing to remind people of, that anything is possible when the little people stand up. Just as a side note, that 14-point swing, I suspect, is because of a phenomenon that we are going to see once again in this election known as shy voters, mostly men. What probably happened, and I'm not saying it was all those 14 points, but it was probably half of them, that it was so politically incorrect, it was so stigmatized to be a part of the Leave campaign in the EU referendum that people didn't voice their support. And if they were called with a poll and maybe their wife was nearby or maybe they just felt uncomfortable saying it to a person, you know, another voice on the other end of the telephone, they either lied or didn't reply or, you know, they just kept it to themselves. But they showed up. Oh, they showed up on that day on June 23rd. They sure did. So anyway, not a, the reason why I bring that up is because we're seeing that same phenomenon in this campaign. As a matter of fact, they've done some studies on it. They did a study where they looked at Trump voters who responded on an internet poll that they would support Trump and vote for him, right? So they took all of those and they just they they made it just men. They took men who clicked I'll vote for Trump and they put them into a pool. And then they called them. Now, these were men, 100% of them said that they would vote for Trump on the internet. Here you have this probably false sense of security, but a sense of security nonetheless that you are anonymous. Obviously, <laughs> proven not so in this, in this case, but that, that's what people feel. When somebody picked up the phone and called their house and got them on the phone, Trump's support dropped by 40%. You had a group where 100% of them, 100% of these men said on the internet by clicking a button that they would vote for Trump. When you call them and there's a human voice on the other end of the phone, it drops to 60%. Shy voters. Of course, when you go into an election booth, you are completely anonymous. So if Trump is starting to kill it in the polls now and he's up by like four or five points, it really might be 15. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, um, going back to, let me go back into uh, Hillary's alt-right speech. Sorry, a little, little bit of a tangent there, but I thought it was worth noting. Um, then we came to this. And the grand godfather of this global brand of extreme nationalism is Russian President Vladimir Putin. So what we have here, according to Hillary, if you believe her, is there is an international conspiracy between Trump and the United Kingdom and Russia to take over the world with nationalism and racism and whatever else, whatever else comes out of her. Is this plausible? 
to anyone? Does anyone really believe this? I mean, I know her supporters are going to believe everything that she says and anything that she says. But who is she really going after in this alt-right speech? It's not her supporters. They, they don't care about the alt-right. They didn't know about the alt-right until now, most likely. Who's the target? Well, it's probably moderate Republicans, the ones who genuinely might be undecided voters. We do know that there are some moderate Republicans who are actually supporting Hillary. So it's actually smart for her to target them in some way. But this way, um, probably not. See, these potentially undecided moderate Republican voters, when she made this alt-right speech, and I'm not going to play the whole thing, but she did cite several supposed, I mean, there are people on the alt-right that would disagree that these are truly alt-right sources, but she cited, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos, Breitbart, InfoWorld, uh, InfoWars, Alex Jones, uh, VDare, you know, all, all these all these different places now. Uh, like I said, they, they take issue with actually all identifying in the same group, but she cited them anyway, so people went there. Keep that in mind for now. It'll be important later. The point is she's more, she's ostensibly targeting if that, what the, the one smart thing she did, moderate Republicans, and she's pointing them to these alt-right media sources. Remember that. What happened next? Well, nobody really noticed that very much, but then on September the 10th, she made a speech and started talking about these this basket of deplorables. To just be grossly generalistic, you can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. <laughs> right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. And he has lifted them up. Everybody knows that you're allowed to attack Hillary, you're allowed to attack Trump, they are allowed to attack each other. Anyone in public political life or media life, anyone is fair game for the most part. But everyone also knows that the voters are off limits. You do not attack the demos. Yet she did. And it was totally scripted. Half of Trump's supporters are racist, sexist, homophobic, deplorable. I don't even remember all the other nasty words. She, that's 100 million people. And since this is all in this guise of this alt-right speech, who nobody knows who they are, and then she says half of Trump supporters, I mean, she's she's not pointing to a specific person. Well, it could be anybody who supports Trump. There's a lot of undecided voters out there who have family members who are in favor of Hillary and also in favor of Trump. And they're listening to this and they are listening to her say these things about their family. I'm not sure how much of an impact that would have made but it comes into play later. Just remember that she attacked the demos, the American voters. So all Trump had to do, since there was nobody in particular singled out, just half, this is all he had to say. 
Republican. Well, my opponent slanders you as deplorable and irredeemable. I call you hardworking American patriots who love your country and want a better future for all our people. That's all he had to say. And <laughs> who can argue? She's just saying, well, half of you are despicable humans. And he just said, I love you all. You're all great. Who wins that? Who's going to win that fight? The candidate who is only going to be there for 75% of the American people and the other 25% of you racist, homophobic, xenophobic, deplorable, irredeemable assholes. You can go fuck yourself. Or the guy who's saying, I love you all. As a matter of fact, he did say that explicitly. But where, where is this? Um, he actually made a tweet. Now, for those of you not too familiar with social media statistics, Donald Trump, who has like 10 point, I'm sorry, 11.5 million Twitter followers, usually when he tweets, he gets between three and 10,000 retweets and 15 and 20,000 favorites on any given tweet. I'm sure I could get more analytics if I really cared, but those are some pretty good ballpark numbers. So after her basket of deplorables remark, here's what he tweeted. While Hillary said horrible things about my supporters, and while many of her supporters will never vote for me, I still respect them all. 26,000 retweets, 70,000 favorites. Those numbers are off the charts, even for Donald Trump. Between his 11.5 million followers and all of the people who saw it from the other 26,000 retweets and 70,000 favorites, you're talking about probably 20 million people saw that. And they liked it. Because it's wholly positive. Uh, what Trump did next, I'm not going to bother playing a clip. I'll just tell you what he did. In that same speech where I just played that sound clip from, what did he do then? He just, he got some African-Americans, some blue-collared workers, just some sensible, everyday, you know, nice-looking American people come up on stage and say, I am not deplorable. I am not a racist. I am not a sick. All, all these, you know, nice people. They probably live, you know, you, they look like they could live next door to you, you know? She gave them him this huge opportunity. And now all of the things that she has been saying about him in the past, he has now weaponized against her. Because she just, she just opened the door, left it right open. She attacked the demos. <laughs> oh, she had the moral high ground for a long time. She just gave it all away. It's unbelievable. But it gets worse. Before we get to her collapse on 9-11, we'll just mention, obviously you all know what happened. But what else happened? So she collapsed. She canceled all her campaign events. And she's nowhere to be seen. But they wanted to they wanted to put something out there, right? That, so so she put something new out on their website. I I just have to tell you that everything that I'm going to read is real. I'm not making this up. And if you don't believe me, go to HillaryClinton.com, which that's the first time I've ever said that. But no, really, go to Hillary HillaryClinton.com and look at her post. That the title of this of, of this post that she put on her official campaign website. The title is 
Donald Trump, Pepe the Frog, and white supremacists. An explainer. That cartoon frog is more sinister than you might realize. I swear to God, I, I swear to you, this is true. Let me read from the Post. Over the weekend, Donald Trump's son and some of his closest advisors posted an odd photo on their social media accounts, and it was it was uh, a response to her, you know, deplorables remark. It was just, you know, like, uh, I, remember that movie, The Expendables, with all those dudes? So they photoshopped out all the pictures of all those actors like Stallone and Van Damme and, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger and all those guys, and they put, like, Trump and Giuliani um, and Milo and Alex Jones and Donald Trump Jr. and a bunch of other guys and Ben Carson, Chris Christie, you know, and Pepe the Frog as, as one of the deplorables. And uh, Roger Stone uh, tweeted it out too. Okay, so this raised some important questions. Why is there a frog standing directly behind Trump? That's Pepe. He's a symbol associated with white supremacy. <laughs> Wait, really? White supremacy? That's right. Please explain. Here's the short version. Pepe is a cartoon frog who began his internet life as an innocent meme enjoyed by teenagers and pop stars alike. Who wrote? This is ridiculous. Okay, I gotta, I'm, I'm reading word for word here. I'm trying to contain myself. But in recent months, Pepe... Pepe has been almost entirely co-opted by the white supremacists who call themselves the alt-right. They've decided to take back Pepe by adding swastikas and other symbols of anti-Semitism and white supremacy. <laughs> now, white supremacists have given Pepe, the cartoon frog, some Trump hair and the candidate's own son, he is honored to be grouped with him. Let me get this straight. Trump's presidential campaign is posting memes associated with white supremacy online? Yes. But it's just his son and one of his closest advisors, right? Nope. And then there's a photo that someone made a, you know, a picture of Trump, but instead of Trump's facial features, it's just it's Pepe the Frog wearing a suit with, you know, orange blonde, you know, Trump hair, standing behind a, a podium that says President of the United States. <laughs> and tr Trump tweeted this because it's fucking hilarious. This now you can see on HillaryClinton.com. Just curious, who else is in this photo? Notably conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, blah, 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 Myelinopoulos, a bunch of other people. This is horrifying. Yes. What can I do? Vote. And then a link I, I assume to donate money, which I will not, which I will not click. How on earth can you imagine being in that meeting? Because you know the she has a team. I mean, she's not writing anything. She's she's lying in bed. She is she's unconscious right now during all this. But one has to think that she had some part in this. I mean, 
She made the alt-right speech, and then the day after the deplorables, she's doubling down on this alt-right thing and including Pepe the fucking frog. There had to be a meeting. Can you can you imagine? this? When was this posted? September 13th. Okay, so it was after, like I said, it was after she collapsed. So they're sitting there. Okay, folks, Team Clinton, we have to decide what we're going to do. Clinton just got demolished in the press because she collapsed during 9-11. What are we going to do? Guy in the corner. Let's explain to everyone who Pepe the Frog is. Good idea. Yeah. It's not there. Okay, get right on that. Pepe the Frog, Alex Jones, white supremacist, wrap it up. We'll put it on the website tomorrow. I mean, there was a real, this, this meeting happened. It's there. It's still on the website. I mean, this is ridiculous. How do, how do they think that people are not going to think that she is a fucking idiot talking about a green cartoon frog as being an evil Nazi. <laughs> Listen, I go, so I, sometimes I walk through Tompkins Square Park. There's always the same crazy lady there. She's feeding the pigeons and yelling at the clouds. Is this that different? Is it? She's complaining about a cartoon frog and the cartoon frog is winning. I have to think that at least on her social media team, there are young people who understand how the internet works. What is rule number one on the internet? Never feed the trolls. The one thing that everyone on the alt-right is going to agree with is that they troll a lot. Maybe not 100% of the time. Some of them do, but they troll. You never pay attention to them. That is how they win. They get invigorated by this. They love it. And now their most beloved meme, Pepe the Frog, is on HillaryClinton.com with a full explainer about how he was co-opted by neo-Nazis. This just made their day. This is this is like this is like Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, and the Fourth of July all rolled into one for these people. I mean, I don't pay much attention to them, but one would have to think that September the thirteenth will now be their national holiday. You cannot make this up. So then, uh, I guess I, I forgot to say this before. I'll just say it now or maybe edit it. Um, after that Trump that I read, uh, after that uh, tweet from Trump that I read to you before about, um, let me just reread it because, I mean, it's not that long anyway. Um, while Hillary said horrible things about my supporters and why many of them uh, money of her supporters will never vote for me. I still respect them all. And he got huge attention from that. What did he do next? He found a quote. I'm sorry. He found a tweet from Obama. Obama made that tweet in 2012. Now it was about Mitt Romney and his, you know, infamous uh, 47% tweet. Uh, no, no, it wasn't a tweet. It was a, a recorded conversation at a fundraiser or something. doesn't matter. Obama at the time was talking about uh, Romney. That's all that's important. But 
Trump or somebody very smart on his social media team who seems to really get the internet retweeted this tweet that Obama made. Here's what the tweet says. Retweet if you agree. We need a president who is fighting for all Americans, not one who writes off nearly half the country. And then Trump pushed retweet to his 10.5, I'm sorry, his 11.5 million Twitter followers. Holy shit. Trump just weaponized a four-year-old tweet from Obama that absolutely crushes Hillary. And nobody, and they can't do anything about it. I mean, everything she does is a downer. There is no fun. There is no positivity behind this campaign. I mean, she could have done anything that day. Something... Something, something to generate sympathy for her, maybe? I don't know. She's lying in bed and she's, you know, who knows if she's uh, something, you know, like a, a, a picture that she's doing well with a thumbs up. No, she attacks a cartoon frog. There is, you know, the most fun, the, the, the funniest thing she she tried to do, that her, her, her only attempt at comedy was opening up a fake jar of pickles or, or a pre-opened jar of pickles pickles on the jimmy kimmel show which you know everyone later or kimmel later agreed to uh, or, or admitted was already pre-opened but you know after she collapsed on 9-11 you know even jimmy kimmel who was trying to you know help her out with some comedy what he said a few days you know a day or two after she collapsed on 9-11 jimmy kimmel said clinton conspiracy theories would be harder to believe if they didn't actually become true. And yeah, it's just a joke in his monologue, but I think it's really, um, it's quite, it's, it's quite prescient. It, it's, it's actually saying quite a bit about what is happening in the left-wing media, not the alt-right, because the alt-right is just having a fucking party right now. They're having a grand old time. Things have never been better for the alt-right as they are right now. But, what about the regular mainstream media, which is, as anyone would agree, is decidedly left-wing except Fox News? I saw this uh, this cartoon, a political cartoon in New Yorker mag magazine, which is a bastion of the left, of uh, Secret Services uh, holding up Hillary and, you know, waving like, sh and the caption under it is, you know, people wanted her to be more like Bernie, but I don't really think they had in mind, the Bernie from uh, Weekend at Bernie's, you know, that movie where they carried around the dead guy and nobody noticed. Um, yeah, everyone is making these jokes now. You know, the, the joke itself isn't that interesting. What is interesting is now that the left-wing media and their publications are making these jokes. Before this weekend, Anyone who made these kind of jokes or even questioned Hillary's health in any way was simply branded a racist or a sexist asshole or whatever, whatever pejoratives they want to hurl. You know, they've got a basket full of them. You were just an asshole. You were sexist. You were whatever. Even Dr. Drew got fired when he talked about Hillary's health. But now suddenly, Jimmy Kimmel, New Yorker Magazine, Shit, the Washington Post, all these left-wing media outlets 
are talking about Hillary's health and joking about it. It is now totally mainstream to joke about her health. Totally okay. I'll tell you why. It wasn't Hillary collapsing. That wasn't enough to turn the left-wing media against her. There were two other main factors that made it happen. First, she lied to too many, she lied too many times to too many of her friends. She was coughing, she was, you know, getting helped up the she had all these things that were happening, and she just kept telling them lies. It was allergies. Well, no, it wasn't. The pollen count was non-existent in Cleveland that day. Well, she slipped, she she was gonna slip on the icy stairs. Well, no, everyone checked the temperature on the day that picture was taken in February in South Carolina. And turns out sometimes South Carolina has heat waves in February. The temperature had been 60 degrees all week. I'm not a chemist, but I don't think ice can form when you're low is 50 degrees at night. So they keep lying, but they're eating it. They're doing it. They're doing what she says. But they can only take so much. When she keeps changing the story about her health several times and the media keeps going along with it, saying whatever she said, writing whatever she told them to write, not writing whatever she told them not to write about or talk about. Now, they look like idiots because now there is no question that is that she is seriously ill. The videos are simply too convincing and the videos of her collapsing on 9-11, might I add, were taken by citizens, not by the media. Now, maybe the media, maybe the media did take video of that. Maybe they have better angles for all I know. Doesn't matter. They're not out there. The only reason those videos got out is because just regular people took them and put them on YouTube and Twitter. Otherwise, we never would have seen this. We never would have known about that. Too late for them, though, because the videos are way too convincing. She collapses. It's not a stumble. She collapses. Her legs totally go out. And as she is Listen, if you stumble and someone catches you and they're shuffling, you know, then they're, they're, they're trying to get you into the van, your feet are still going to work. No, her feet are dragging on the floor. Her shoe came off. Her, if you look at the video, her feet are dragging in step on the ground, you know, top of the toes on the ground, dragging. That is somebody who is unconscious, completely unconscious. That's not stumbling. That's collapsing. So now every thinking person believes that there is something seriously wrong with her. Before, the mainstream media called people sexist and conspiracy theorists for questioning Hillary's health. Whoops. It turns out that the sexist conspiracy theorists on the alt-right were right all along. And now the mainstream media looks the fool. They don't like that. The mainstream media does not like being made fools by crazy right-wing wackos as a result of their favorite candidate lying to them again and again and again. This severely damages the credibility of the mainstream media, which, might I add, is at an all-time low. Now, remember back to the alt-right speech that I was playing before. Now, when Hillary made that speech, millions of people 
who never heard of the alt-right before, wanted to know what Hillary was talking about. And they ended up going to websites like Breitbart and Infowars and Milo Yiannopoulos and VDare and wherever else. You know, they just like Googled alt-right and found a bunch of places to go and read them. So they went there and they probably read some articles and they probably didn't think much of it. I don't think many of them stayed. Maybe some did. But are they coming back now? Oh, yes. Yes, they are. Because when they did go to those alt-right media publications, when Hillary made the alt-right speech, what did they see? They saw a bunch of articles about Hillary's health. Now, the mainstream media was saying that these are all conspiracy theories. Now, they're thinking, when they see Hillary collapse, wait a minute. I read about this two weeks ago on Breitbart and Infowars. Now, those alt-right media outlets who had no credibility, no credibility before, they didn't know who they were, now they remembered, wait a minute, they were right. They had a scoop on this weeks before the mainstream media. And now they're going back. Whoops. Whoops. And also, the day before Hillary collapsed on 9-11, she attacked 100 million regular old voters, like I said before. So now the mainstream media looks like idiots. Now they know she's been repeatedly lying to them. And she just gave their competition tons of new customers and, of course, attacked regular American voters. So like I said, now left-wing media is making jokes about Hillary's health, is talking about it as a, it's the number one campaign issue now. It's number one. Why? Not because she collapsed. It's because of those other things and the fact that she collapsed because now they have something that is not a real thing, but I'll just make up and say it is a plausible moral because. Now, subconsciously, inside their heads, these people in left-wing media, they have an excuse. They can justify reporting on her health or even making jokes about her health because she lied to her friends, because she attacked regular American people. I don't know that giving their competitors new customers is a plausible moral because, but it sure does make them angry. Doesn't help. Now, let's pretend that Hillary never made that alt-right speech. Let's pretend that when questions were starting to percolate about her health, she told the truth. Or, if that's too horrible for us to even imagine what her real health issue is, I think it's Parkinson's. But I don't know. It's a doc. I'm not a doctor. I've listened to other doctors say that, but I'm not. I, I have. I am no credibility to make something like that. But I'm a betting man, and if Vegas if Vegas opens a line on that on Hillary having Parkinson's, I'm jumping on. But um, what if at least she told a consistent lie, right? Like now she's going with the, this uh, pneumonia thing, right? Before it was uh, hay fever, and then it was icy stairs, and then it was uh, you know she's talking to talking whatever it was. Change her story a bunch of times. What if she just went with the pneumonia thing? 
I mean, she's hawk, she's hawking up loogies on stage. You know, it's whatever. It could be true. Maybe it's one of the things that she has. Probably has a bunch. But what if she just stuck a, like I said, never made that alt right speech, and b, told the truth or made a consistent lie about her health, and went with the pneumonia story. Let's say, and then she collapsed on nine eleven. There would be no joking. She it, the story would be one of sympathy. Anyone who attacked her health would have been an evil sexist pariah like before, but actually way worse because the media angle would be sympathy. Now they have no sympathy for her because she lied one, two, three, or four too many times and attacked American voters, regular American voters, giving the media their choice of plausible moral becauses. So now, of course, the exact opposite thing has happened from sympathy. Now everyone is having fun talking about Hillary's horrible health and possibly watching her die on live television. It's fucking hilarious now. Totally okay. The coughing was no big deal. You could write that off as a bunch of things. But when the next could-be commander-in-chief collapses on 9-11, the biggest anti-terrorism day of the year on its 15th anniversary, and she totally collapses, it's too much. A lot of people would like to think that the way that people cast their votes is based on policy and facts and whatever. Maybe some people do. Most people don't. Most people make all of their decisions, especially decisions on who to vote for, based on feeling. And the feeling that they get, and I'm talking about, not the Hillary supporters, the Trump supporters, they are locked in and they are like, they're all locked in. The people who are really pro-Trump and pro-Hillary, nothing, nothing has changed because 99.9% .9 of them aren't going anywhere either way. But we have an interesting situation this year. We have a large chunk of undecided voters because they don't really like Hillary or Trump. It's like 20%. And they're undecided for a reason or for many reasons. They've already heard all of the policy stuff. And most of them aren't going to sit there and think about, well, which one, which one of them is supporting a complex trade agreement? Let me go read about the TPP. No, they're, no. They're looking for a feeling. And she just gave it to them. I mean, this is un un incredibly unlucky. If on any day, that she is, she's going to collapse. That is the worst day in the world at the worst event on that worst day. It's too much. They got their feeling. The feeling is fear. The feeling is that they cannot possibly vote for somebody to be the commander-in-chief of our armed forces 
who's going to collapse on a memorial service for 9-11. What the fuck is going to happen when there's a real 9-11? And on top of it, they've got their choice of plausible moral becauses. She attacked the, 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 the demos. Kind of double down on it, you know. It's just, it's the perfect storm. And this perfect storm was created wholly by someone who literally controls the weather when it comes to the media. She did this all on her own to herself. I cannot think of a bigger fuck-up in the history of politics and media relations. I I mean, I can't imagine what she would do next. Pepe the Frog? What the fuck is next? Where do you go from Pepe the Frog? After, like, her, she's tumbling in the polls. She's lying in bed, sick. Nobody knows what's wrong with her. And she goes to Pepe the Frog. What's next? This is unscriptable. You know, if, if you had made a political comedy like a sitcom or something, you know, like a show like Veep, if you're like, they would have thrown this out. It's just too crazy. But it's real. What is wrong with her? Can you even imagine what is wrong with her? I don't know what else to say. I mean, at this point, all of the other like real stuff that we actually know about you know, all of the concussions, the blood clot, the blood clot that was caused by a concussion that was caused by her falling down that caused her to be out of commission for six months as secretary of state. I mean, yeah, that's like all really important. But it doesn't even matter anymore. The only thing that matters is the mental image of the person who's supposed to lead our armed forces collapsing on 9-11. I mean, it's almost like she did an interpretation of the Twin Towers falling on their 15th anniversary of doing so. It's too strong. It's just too strong of a mental image. It's over. It's truly over. At this point, I think Donald Trump really would have to shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue to lose. I mean... You know, like like I've gone over, he's played this perfectly so far. I mean, even today, you know, she's nowhere to be found. So, like, there's nothing coming out. There's nothing coming out of her campaign that's getting any traction except Pepe the Frog. Like, you know, I know that Bill's out there, but, like, no one's looking for him. The only story is when she resurfaces, when she comes back. I mean, obviously, the first thing will be some kind of a telephone interview, so she doesn't have to be on video and she'll be lying in bed and... People will be telling her what to say, and eventually she'll probably do a video interview, and then eventually she'll be in public again, I guess. The debate's only two weeks away. I mean, whatever's wrong with her has to get fixed real quick. And depending on what she has, I don't know that that's an option. But Trump is, he's doing everything right. I was wondering, I was wondering for a while, because his kids are like really popular, particularly Ivanka. I mean, she's like an F-18, you know? 
She doesn't have any kind of, you know, problems with her past. She's mother of three, runs successful businesses, gorgeous, likable. I was just wondering, where, where has she been? She hasn't been around for a while, right? And then this week, she's out there front and center. She's talking about her, you know, Trump's new initiatives for women, you know, you know, uh, maternity leave and all this stuff. Honestly, I don't know anything about these policies. I'm not paying much attention to them because they're not going to affect me at all. So I don't even know if I agree with them or not. Honestly, I have no idea. It's just not important to me. But now she's out there. Now, now it's her face. It's Trump and her. They are getting all of the media attention, talking about all these things, and her campaign can't get anything out. The only media attention on Hillary is now the latest WikiLeaks dumper. I, I'm not even sure. It's a Guccifer dump. Who even knows? These people are fucking crazy. You know, they're, they're doing good work, but like, just tell us, like, what is what is this? <laughs> you know, just, they put out 675,000 pages of documents, and I don't know. But it's, you know, so that's what's being covered from Hillary's camp. And it, what it appears is that, you know, people are donating money to the DNC, and all of a sudden they're the ambassador to Liechtenstein, you know, and, you know, a dozen other countries. So I don't think it's that important. It's just that that's the only thing getting out there. Nothing else is getting out. Nothing positive, nothing funny. Only like, you know, her being angry about frogs. And, you know, I guess the only thing they're able to get out is they point at Russia. Like, well, Russia put it out there. Well, okay, you know, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But they're never denying that, oop, Susie just donated a million dollars to the DNC. And all of a sudden, she has this important and prominent position in the government. Like, there is nothing good coming out on her side. And everything on Trump's side is positive, fun, energetic. And she just collapsed on 9-11. It is over. I am calling the race now. Something major would have to happen. Could it be in the debates? I mean, I think Trump is a heavy favorite to just absolutely destroy. But it could be. Barring some catastrophic misstep by Trump, which is certainly possible, I'm calling it. It's over. He is the last man standing. Seventy-two degrees and partly cloudy. Shit, twelve fifty in the morning. I gotta get some sleep. WVPL. You can never know what it's like. Your blood like winter freezes just like ice. And there's a cold and lonely light that shines from you. You wind up like the wreck you hide behind that mask you use. And did you think this fool could never win? Well, look at me, I'm coming back again. I got a taste of love in a simple way. And if you need to know while I'm still standing, you just fade away. Hope to win.
cut me down And if my love was just a circus You'd be a clown 